Welcome to the Dad of a Dozen podcast. I'm your host, Doug H., and this is the last of the biblical finance studies. If you've missed any of the previous ones, just check out my past videos or the episodes that I have on Spotify. Today's episode, I'll be discussing contentment and eternity. So without further ado, let's get started. So what is contentment? Philippians 4, 11 through 13 says this, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and hungry, both to abound and suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Contentment is something that we learn. Just as you learn to invest, drive a car, or ride a bike, read, the list goes on and on. You are not born with contentment, but rather you learn to accept what God has provided for you, whatever that may be. So contentment is an inner peace knowing that God will provide for you. And Crown has this this diagram that explains the secret to contentment. So I'm going to have to read it to you since I can't show it to you. And this is how it goes. Knowing what God requires of us in handling money and possessions, plus doing those requirements, plus trusting God to provide exactly what he knows is best. That equals contentment. So knowing, doing, and trusting that equals contentment. First Timothy 6, 6 through 8 says this, Now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. So, contentment comes when our basic needs are being met. So are your needs being met? Do you have food and clothing? And if the answer is yes, then you should be content. So if contentment is learned, how can we learn to be content? Exodus 20, verse 17. Listen to this. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. That's the last of the Ten Commandments. And we are to avoid coveting, which means the wanting of other people's property. God wrote it in his commandments, and that's what we should be doing, is avoiding coveting. And that will help us to be content. And the problem that we have in our current culture is they don't want us to be content with what we have. So, you know, all the commercials you see, they talk about the latest gadget or the car or product, which will bring you happiness, right? You're not cool if you don't upgrade these items. When we are constantly watching these commercials, over time, they make us discontented in our possessions, right? Am I not wrong in this? You watch, these, you watch a football game and every commercial says you need to have the newest cell phone. You need to have the newest car. And guess what? If you drink this beer, guess what? Those ladies that are on the commercial, they'll be yours if you drink the right beer, right? Heavens to Betsy. But anyway, this is one of the reasons why we as a family stopped having the Sunday paper delivered to our house. 
Originally, we, we got the paper so that way we could cut the ads, so my wife could cut the ads for the coupons for the groceries. But over time, we noticed that we were shopping more than usual and buying things that we just didn't need. And so once we canceled the paper, we were then content with what we already owned. How about looking at Facebook? Okay, how many of you look at, look at Facebook or have a Facebook account? I noticed that I got really depressed when I looked at other people's posts. They were always buying either new cars or they were traveling or they are doing some cool stuff. And then I compared my life with theirs and I said, man, I'm such a bore. We don't do all those cool things or we don't go on those fancy vacations. Does this happen to you or is it just me? So do the commercials and, and looking at Facebook, do they make you want to get something new that you don't even need? I have to remind myself that there's no need to keep up with the Joneses because the Joneses are probably in debt. So avoid wanting other people's property and start learning to be content with what the Lord has given you. Sound good? All right. So that's a little bit on contentment. So now I want to change gears a little bit here and I want to talk about eternity. Eternity. Have you ever thought about how many days you have left to live? I know that's kind of a weird question, but I have you ever thought about that? The Bible talks about a person's length of time on earth. Psalm 39:4 through 5 says, "Lord, make me to know my end, and what is the measure of my days, that I may know how frail I am. Indeed, you have made my days as handbreadths, and my age is as nothing before you. Certainly every man at his best state is but a vapor." So it's described as a vapor and a handbreadth. So a vapor, think of a steam from a boiling pan of water for just a moment, okay? And you have this water that's boiling in the pan, you take the lid off, and then this big vapor steam comes up from the, the pan, and then it kind of dissipates rather quickly, right? That's what he's referring to our life, is it's just a vapor. Think of another example. Have you seen anyone use a vape mod? They, what these guys do, or these gals do, is they suck in this vape, and then they blow it out, and then there's this huge cloud of vapor, but it disappears rather quickly. And then the hand breath is about three inches in length. So the writer is using both of these words to describe our time on earth, meaning our time is short and only for a moment. So think of that. It's only for a moment. It's just like a vapor. Psalm 90.10 says, the days of our lives are between 70 and 80 years. So do you know that the average life expectancy for the U.S. is 78 years old? That's exactly what the Bible said it would be some 3,000 years ago when it was penned in the Psalms. So with that being said, estimate how many days you have remaining. And I'm going to help you do that. To figure it out, take your current age and subtract it by 78 because that's the the average lifespan and then times that number that you get by 365 so take your current age subtract it by 78 and then times that number by 365 that will give you an estimate on how many days you have remaining to live on the earth obviously it's an it's an estimate nobody knows the time well, you're going to die. So you may die tomorrow. I may die tomorrow. 
doesn't matter. But anyway, I did this with my age, and I came up with 10,220 days left. Not a whole lot of days, it seems, huh? But knowing this, how does this impact your thinking about the future? Will you make any changes in the way you use your money or your time? Especially your time, because you just you only have a 10,000 days, Doug. So how would I use my time? Ah, that's a good question. How about you? How are you going to use your money and your time now, knowing that you have this these many days left? How are you going to spend it with your family and friends? What are you going to do with the time you have remaining? You probably have never heard it that way before, huh? But these are some tough questions for you to answer, but only you can answer them. So it's, take some time to think about them. Think about, man, I look at it back and say, you know, I'm, I've been blessed. I've been able to stay home with my kids for the, and my wife for the last three and a half years, not having to go outside of the house to work. And that's, that's rather cool. But there's some people here that don't have that privilege, don't have that honor to stay home because they do have debt and they, they need to go outside of the house and work. And maybe it's not just the husband that has to go outside the house to work. Maybe it's the wife too. Maybe both of them are working. And then the kids are at home either by themselves because they're old enough to watch themselves or you have to spend money on daycare. And so with knowing that you only have a certain amount of days left, how are you going to spend those days? I, like I said, I'm fortunate enough to be able to stay home with my family, to do this podcast, and then to be with them and to teach them and train them and, and to be around them because who knows how much longer I have. And that's why I'm, I was, I'm adamant about teaching this stuff or at least giving the information out to you so that way you too don't have to wait till you're 65 or 70 to retire. You can do it earlier than that and then you'll be able to spend some of those days with your wife or your kids or your grandchildren, if you have any of those. So again, only you can answer that. Again, to figure it out, take your current age, subtract it by 78, then times that number by 365, and that'll give you an estimate of how many days you have remaining to live on the earth. So with that being said, what will happen to all of us in the future? Because there will be a future, and what will happen to each and every one of us? Ecclesiastes 12, 13 and 14 says this, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. So, the Lord is going to judge all of our deeds, even those done in secret. So you thought you got away with it, huh? You know what? You didn't get away with it in God's eyes because he sees everything everything and we will be accountable to God for every action whether it was good or evil so he knows what's going on and we're going to be accountable to him for every action whether it was good or it was evil second Corinthians 5 9 through 10 says this therefore we make it our aim whether present or absent to be well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So that means all of us will stand before God at the judgment seat when we pass away. Those who are believers, as myself, will be rewarded for their good works, and the non-believers will be cast into outer darkness for all eternity because they chose not to believe 
in Jesus, their Savior. More about that in a minute. Romans 12, 2 says this, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. As believers, we are not to be conformed to this world. In other words, do not be so attached to the things of this world because it will all eventually be destroyed. And we can't take it with us when we die. This, this reminds me of a book that I read by John Ortberg called When the Game is Over, It All Goes Back in the Box. John Ortberg when the game is over, it all goes back in the box. I'm going to read the preview from the back cover of the book. Okay? Let me read this to you. Remember the thrill of winning at checkers or Parcheesi? You become the master of the board, the victor over everyone else. But what happens after that? Asks the bestseller author, John Ortberg. You know the answer. It all goes back in the box. You don't get to keep one token, one chip, one game card. In the end, the spoils of the game add up to nothing. So using popular games as a metaphor for our temporal lives, when the game is over, it all goes back in the box, neatly sorts out what's fleeting and what's permanent in God's kingdom. Being master of the board is not the point. Being rich toward God is. Winning the game of life on earth is a temporary victory. Loving God and other people with all our hearts is an eternal one. Using humor, terrific stories, and focus on winning the right trophies, Ortberg paints a vivid picture of the priorities that all Christians will want to embrace. If you get a chance to read the book, that's a good book for you to read. I'm not going to say anything about it because I want you to read it. But our hope and trust should be in Christ Jesus who died on the cross for our sins. 1 John 2, 15-17 reads this, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Our lives should be lived with eternal purposes, and not for temporal ones. There is nothing wrong with using the things of the world, like property or money or resources, but looking to those things to bring us eternal security is wrong. The only way to secure eternal life is believing in Jesus Christ as your Savior. For starters, you must realize that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. Romans 3.10 says, There is none righteous, no, not one. And Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Once you confess that, then you must believe that Jesus died for your sins because he loves you. Romans 5.8 But God demonstrate his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus died so you can have eternal life. See, God loved you so much that he sent his only begotten son to die on a cross so you can have eternal life and be with God in heaven for all eternity. For all eternity. He did that for you. He did that for me because he loves you. He loves me. 
Listen to John 1, 5, 11 through 12. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. So if you believe in Jesus, you have eternal life. And your life is not your own anymore. You'll, you will live a life that is well-pleasing to God when you put your faith and your trust in him. And one way for us to live differently is to handle our finances his way instead of our own. And unfortunately, those who do not believe in Jesus will be eternally separated from God in hell. So if you need more information on trusting Christ as your Savior, send me an email at dadofadozenkids at gmail.com. That's dadofadozenkids at gmail.com, and I will send you the information. Before I go, I want to give you the final destination on the crown money map, the road to true financial freedom. But before I do that, I want to review some of these steps that we went over, the first six of them. The first one is emergency savings. That is to have $1,000 for emergencies saved in your savings account, and then also create a spending plan, a budget. The second destination is to pay off all your credit cards and then increase your savings to one-month living expenses. Destination number three is to pay off consumer debt. Any consumer debt like auto or furniture, student loans, everything but your mortgage. And then you're going to increase your savings to three months of living expenses. Destination four is to save for major purchases such as a home or a car. Then this is the step that you would start saving for your retirement if you haven't already. And maybe begin saving for your children's education if that's something that you want to do. Or if you want to start your own business, this is the time to start saving to do that. Destination five is to buy a home and begin investing. So it says here to buy an affordable home, something that you can afford, that you can buy. Remember we talked about buying something and then not being able to keep it because you can't afford the home. So buy an affordable home, something that you can pay the monthly payments on. And then begin prepaying your home mortgage. Pay your mortgage, but then also throw in some extra money so that way you can start paying that house off quicker. And then begin investing wisely. That's destination five. Destination six, home mortgage paid off. This is the day that you pay off your home mortgage. And then hopefully at this stage, if you're funding your children's education, that's funded. And then we talked about a will. Confirm that you have an estate plan in order, that you have a will that will tell those that are left behind after your death what to do with your estate, with your money, with your property, with the things that you have Where's it all going? So that way the stress is taken off of your loved ones who are left behind having to deal with this. If it's already written down, then they won't have any stress. They already know what they want to do. And then finally, as I said, the final destination is true financial freedom. Your retirement is funded, and now you're free to be more generous with your time and your money. And that's the whole goal here. The whole goal was to get out of debt so that way you have... Nothing to keep you from giving your time and your money to God's work. So you can bring him glory and you can bring him honor and then you can enjoy life. You won't have the stress of having this debt over your head. And that's the whole reason I wanted to share all this stuff with you and what the Bible has to say about it because I want you to be there at that position where you're free 
so you don't have to worry about debt. When you go to sleep at night, your sleep is going to be sweet because you know that you have no debt. And you know what? I can enjoy life now. I can do the things that I've always wanted to do, but I couldn't because I was stuck at work. And so that's the day my retirement is funded and you're free to be more generous with my time and my money. Boy, what a great day that is. I mean, the day that my wife and I hit that, that was so, so, so great. And I wish that for every single one of you. But anyway, if you have any questions about any of the previous podcasts, please, please email me at dadofadozenkids at gmail.com. That's dadofadozenkids at gmail.com. Okay, so that wraps up all the financial the financial podcasts. We're going to be getting in, I'll be getting into some other cool fun family stuff next time. But I want to leave you with this. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? <laughs>